Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett. My passion for football and pushing boundaries has helped me to create a successful business using the same performance building principles of the world's best players. Through my Move the Ball book, workshops, and consulting work, I've used the same system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize those tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, ballers. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. As always, I'm glad that you are here with us today. And as you all know, on this podcast, we talk about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. Now, a few things before we get into today's episode. First off, if you have not already done so, make sure you hit that subscribe button and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on so that you never miss an episode and also share the show with a few friends. It's one way that you can help me to move the ball. And secondly, you all know that the football season has recently kicked off. And one other thing that has also kicked off is the release of the Move the Ball Merchandise Fall Collection. There is a link in the show notes. If you go to www.wemovetheball.com, you can check out all the new pieces, pick yourself up some swag, and continue to rock that you're a part of the Move the Ball movement. All right. For today's episode, I'm doing something special with an incredible guest. This person is the only person who with today's show has been featured on all three seasons of this podcast. Inside the huddle with us today, I'm ready to share more insights on how he is moving the ball, is Alex Molden. Alex, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Good to be here, Jen. Well, it's good to have you back on the show. And like I mentioned, you are the only person that's been on every one of the seasons. So I'm glad to have you here with us again today. Sweet. Well, so you've had a great career, both on and off the football field. You're always on the move. You're doing incredible things. And there's something I wanted to do different for today's episode, a special topic. And you're the first person that I thought of to do the show. So I'm glad that you're here with us. Before we get into that chat, let me just share a little bit about your background for our listeners. Alex is a retired NFL cornerback who played college football at the University of Oregon, and he was drafted in the first round as the 11th overall pick of the 1996 NFL draft by the New Orleans Saints. He played eight seasons in the NFL with the Saints, the San Diego Chargers, and the Detroit Lions. Now, currently, Alex is a speaker, a trainer, an author, a podcast host, and a coach that helps companies improve leadership and culture in the workplace. All right, Alex, are you ready to move the ball? I am. All right, let's go. So one other thing before we get into our chat, I shared your background about playing in the NFL. Your son, Elijah, also is a cornerback with the Tennessee Titans. He was drafted last year, third round. He's going into year two. I'm excited to see him out there this season. So shout out to Elijah. And he was also on the show earlier this season. So I encourage everyone to go check out that episode and also to listen to your episodes from seasons two and seasons one. You always did a great job on those shows as well. So what I wanted to talk about today is moving the ball as an author and a coach and what you're doing beyond the game of football. Because I get a lot of people that reach out to me who are interested in writing a book. You know, I have my Move the Ball book. I'm about to come out with my new book called Dominate the Game, How Life Changes When You Show Up. And because so many people reach out about their own books or thinking about writing a book and asking questions, I thought, you know what? Let's just do a segment on how to move the ball when it comes to being author 
author going through that process and being successful at having a publication. So that's what I really want to chat about today. So your book came out last year in May of 2021. And tell us before we get into the nitty gritty of the book, why did you want to write a book and why now? Well, during that pandemic, it made everything just quiet for me. And for some people, that situation, and we're still going through it, but for that, you know, I'm always looking for fruit. And for me, in that quiet time, it gave me a chance to put all who I wanted to serve. And it was just, everything was quiet. So it gave me a chance to get up early in the morning and then put my thoughts down. And then in the evening to revisit those thoughts and, and kind of add on that. I didn't do it myself. I did have a book coach, but it was the timing of it for me. That was the biggest thing. And then I think your question was for who the book is for. So the book is for athletes of all kinds. And whether you're high school, college age, or you're playing professionally, at one point or another, that journey is going to end. And I know for me, there wasn't a playbook for exiting the sport and all the things that you have, you know, all the tools that you have that can help you when you're done with that sport. So in my mind, I want to create something that can help these athletes transition into the real world. So that's who I wrote the book for. Well, I think it's a topic that is very much needed. As you know, being a retired athlete, there are some people that they transition easily. There are many people that struggle with that. What's next for many people hanging up their cleats or their shoes or whatever, you know, equipment they have tied to their sport. It's not necessarily always their choice. They get injured. A team cuts them. They don't get an opportunity to play at the next level. Whatever the reason is, it's oftentimes before they have planned it to be. And to your point, there is no playbook for many on, okay, well, what do I do now? They might not have had mentors or people that have guided them. They suffer from depression. They struggle with the, their identity. And so I think it's a great topic. It's something that's very much in need for so many athletes out there. Yeah, for sure. Now, your book is called The Ultimate Playbook for High Achievement, 11 Keys for Success in Sport and Life. As someone who has written multiple books myself, I know that coming up with the name of a book is always a challenge. It's an important piece of the brand. What you want this thing to be called. You spend all this time writing it. And then it's about what is the title that's going to be catchy, that's going to resonate with people, and that's going to be reflective of what the book is about. So how did you come up with your title? For me, it's like understanding like you have to have a playbook. I know in my sport, you have to have a playbook where you can get all the, the knowledge, where you need to be, who's on your team, what their responsibilities are. So for me, it took some time to come up with it, but I want for people to see like playbook and know, okay, so this is some type of sport because on the on the front cover, I'm not in my uniform. I'm in a you know, nice little jacket and whatnot, but I want them to, to see that yeah, there's a playbook. Well, playbook for success and high achievement. And then give them like a number. Okay, oh, so simplify. Oh, so there's 11 keys. Okay, that's not, that's better than 99. <laughs> so 11 keys. So having that thought process, letting them know like what they're going to get out of it. I think a lot of people want to be successful. Now, most of us, we don't see that. We see failure more than success. So I want to make sure that that word success is in there. 
and it's feasible, it's tangible. Like you can get it no matter what you're doing. Now, did the book title come naturally? Like I know for me with Dominate the Game, it was an iterative process, throwing out all kinds of ideas. I mean, I know conceptually, like the subtitle is How Life Changes When You Show Up. This book is all about how you suit up with the preparation to be successful, how you show up every day to take the right action so that you can move the ball. So I knew like fundamentally, I wanted to have the word show up in the title somewhere. Somehow, I didn't know if it was going to be the main title, the subtitle. As you looked at using playbook and success and those words in your title, how easy was it for you to come up with the name or was it kind of a journey to bounce different concepts out there and, and land on that one? Yeah, for me, it wasn't that difficult. You know, I wanted to make sure ultimate. That was like coming up with that word ultimate, like there's nothing above that. So I wanted to have that in there, but it wasn't as difficult as I was thinking it was going to be. This is, as I mentioned earlier, it's a representation of your brand. The book has its brand. And so you want to make sure that you take the time for those that are listening, that are considering a book to come up with. Don't just write out some title and say, okay, this is it. Like test it, think about it, make sure it's the most reflective title or that it's the best title that you can use that categorizes your book. Because again, from a marketing standpoint, you want it to be something that's going to resonate with people, that's going to be catchy. And so you have to think about the marketability of the book as well, not just, okay, this describes the book. So this is it. Like be creative with it. You want it to stand out. So part of having a successful book like yours is having good content in the book first and foremost. Got to be great content, but having a good cover design. You've got a great cover with you standing there. You've got the X's and O's there on the side, but also a catchy name so that it intrigues people to want to read what you have to say. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Now, something people always ask me is like, well, how long did it take you, Jen, to write your book? And with both Move the Ball as well as this Dominate the Game, it was about a year process to go through writing the book and then cover design, coming up with a name to publication. How long was the process for you? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Well, I've written a book before and I had it designed, even got it printed. And I gave it out to about like 35 people. And I did that on my own. And then my wife got a hold of it and was like, are you kidding me? She was so embarrassed. Oh, my gosh. So I ended up doing some research and I found someone that I was like, man, this dude really knows what he's talking about. His name is Dan Janelle. And so I ended up reaching out to him and asked him to coach me up in writing a book. And so once I got that started, it was probably about a six month process. It was about a six month process from start to finish. And I, I understand the power, just like you, Jennifer, that when you have a coach, when you have somebody who has done something at a high level, somebody that you aspire to be or accomplish some of the things they have, and if they have the right way to communicate that knowledge, that it can speed up the process. And so I know how important a coach is in different areas. Like for me, like having a book coach, because I've had a speaking coach had a leadership development coach that can help speed up the process. And so those are all things that I'm definitely willing to pay is to speed up my knowledge, speed up anything that can help me have success in whatever business venture that I'm going to reach into. So 
like having a coach was was critical for me. And you bring up a great point about coaches in these various areas of expertise. And I think that's really important to highlight on the show too. Like as you've been an athlete, you've had coaches throughout that entire journey. Their focus is on different things to help you to improve. When it comes to off the field, in business, in life, whatever, it's also important to have those experts, those coaches that can help accelerate your learning, accelerate your progress and to make those investments. And I find a lot of people when they think about coaches in business, they don't want to pay for that because they don't see it as an investment. They see it as another expense, but you're accelerating the learning. You're accelerating your advancement when you do make these investments. And we know that, I mean, you're your biggest asset. So you shouldn't take the time to find people like that and also spend the money to help you increase your learning in whatever areas that you feel that you need. I mean, for me, as you're a coach, I'm a coach, I'm a marketing branding person, strategy person. So people will reach out to me for marketing and branding for their products, but also people who are just looking at navigating their career and how I can help them to market and brand themselves in a way that differentiates them from their competition. But they see the importance of paying for that expertise. And so just in the area of writing a book as well, I mean, having a book coach is so important too, because they can help you to skip over steps, avoid mistakes. When I say skip over steps, it's not skipping steps in the process. It's skipping over things that are unproductive because you didn't know that those things are not things you should focus on, or they can guide you and focus your time and energy on more productive things that will help you get your book out sooner and also help it be more successful. Yeah, absolutely. I like what you said. Like When I started thinking about investments, investing, and I did that, when I was playing in, the, in football, I did, you know, with investments with my money. Now I'm putting more emphasis on investing in me and what I want. So I do understand the importance of having a coach. And a mentor and a coach are different. Coaches get paid. Mentors, they're there. They kind of help you a little bit, but they don't get paid. So I'm very strategic and I'm very like, I know the difference before I did. And I think a difference too between a mentor is they're not necessarily as frequent of a person that you may interact with as well. There may be for a specific purpose. It's a very, it is a different purpose. There is a difference between a coach and a mentor to your point. Now, going back to your book, some of the things that you write about in there, you talk about leadership, you have this philosophy of assignment and adjustment, which we've talked about on our season two version of the show. So people should go check that out. But also in the book, you talk about adapting to change, overcoming setbacks, decision making do's and don'ts. What are some of those do's and don'ts? Give us a a little bit of, of a couple nuggets of what's in the book. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of people out there who confuse thinking with feeling. And there's a lot of decisions that are made based off of how you feel instead of actually thinking. And so I try to connect things with sport because I I know sport. When I don't understand things, I try to put it in a reference of sport. And the reason like myself and others who have had success in their different sports is because we don't just use our intuition and just depend on that as the end all be all. No, we take through a process, like we our reads and keys. Your reads and keys will lead you to the football, talking as a defensive player. So you can be able to read situations. You can be able to read people. And based off of that knowledge, then you can be able to make the best decision instead of just like, well, I feel that this person did this to me. 
or they did this to somebody else, I feel they're going to do it to me. And on the flip side, there's people out there that they might not make you feel the best. They might challenge you. And for some of us, it makes us feel a certain way. But those people, you need those people to help you achieve your greatest success. I've had coaches in my life that, man, they yelled and they screamed and they made me feel a certain way. But man, I needed that. And on the flip side, not everybody who your friend is, who make you feel good, is going to be the best person to grow you. So, you know, you got to look at situation. Yes, use your intuition. But before even using intuition, using, you know, these different keys that I talk about in my book in terms of leadership and influence, it can't just be you making decisions based off of intuition, which is an influencer. But there's other things that you need to look at to make the best decision for your life. Absolutely. I like that. Thanks for sharing. As you know, writing a book is just one piece of it. So you're putting all the time into getting your book crafted, all the content, the cover design, all that stuff. Then there's the promoting of the book, right? If you want to sell the thing, you got to promote it. You're actively marketing it all the time. Even before the book is out, you should be promoting, just like I've been talking about my book on the show and on social media. Like you want people to know before it comes out. So that way, when it's out, your likelihood of selling more units and moving the ball earlier on is increased, right? So what are some of the things that you did as you were getting ready to launch your book to help ensure its success come the time that it was out? Well, I tell you what, it helps having a platform such as a podcast. It helps, you know, having a lot of followers in social media. I mean, I don't have a ton, but the people who know me, they really know me and they're rooting for me. They can be rooting for you if you're looking to write a book. So I didn't pay any money or anything like that. And for me, I use my book as a tool. It's not just to kind of get it in everybody's hands. I want it to be, and there's certain hands that I really want it to be in more than others. But with social media, letting people know, it really helped with, you know, having a platform, right? I'm not going to lie, being a former NFL player, it helps. So I was able to reach out to local news stations and tell them about my book and use that to kind of build up equity or whatnot and celebrity because I know that celebrity, it helps. And I want to differentiate, you know, myself from other people. So having a book, making sure as many people out there know it is great as well. So, but I don't spend money getting my book out. I believe in like the slow, get it out there, let people know through social media and getting on wonderful podcasts like yours. That's how I went about it. And you bring up a great point. I mean, you can certainly pay to advertise and promote your book, but there are a lot of things that you can do outside of that as well. Like tap into your circle, no matter how small or big your social media following is, leverage those platforms to let people know. And you mentioned earlier, there there are people that want to see you succeed, right? And so those people are going to help you by sharing your content, letting other people know about your books. And so people want to support their friends, their colleagues, people they like, they know, they trust. And so I mean, that marketing is powerful. And so you want to leverage that. The other thing that you mentioned is that you used your status or being an NFL player, which is that's part of your brand. So leverage the things that are part of your brand. Look at your background and how can you pull out pieces of 
whatever your background is to help build an audience. So for you, having that status of being a football player is helpful for other people. For example, let's say they were in, like for me, I was in executive level positions in a Fortune 50 company. So I mentioned that as part of, hey, this is part of my background. I'm also serving in the military. So I let people know. And that allows me to connect with different communities of people as well as a single parent. Another way that you can connect with women who are looking to navigate their career. So whatever it is that's in your background to those listening, I mean, think about how can you leverage those elements of your brand to capitalize on opportunities? Absolutely. And on top of that is when you can have other people who have, you're using their platform. So like for me, I had, I think I had about like 15 different people before the book came out gave them the book and then they read it and then they gave me some feedback and then I was able to put them on like one of the front pages. Some people who have done things at an amazing level, I have professional athletes, I got business owners, I got successful executives at Fortune 500 companies, like all these different people, you know, I'm saying positive things about your book. It just makes you stand out. Absolutely. And that's the other thing too, like when I wrote Move the Ball, which was many years ago, I was a little bit naive in thinking that oh my gosh, this is a great title. The book is differentiated. It's a woman that's writing about football lessons and catchy titles for the chapters. Like I thought it was objectively, I thought it was a great product because I spent the time to brand it in a way that was catchy. What I didn't realize is it doesn't matter if you have the greatest product ever. If people don't know who you are or have some third-party endorsements or testimonials of your work, it's a lot harder for them to make that decision to purchase something from you without knowing you or liking you or trusting you or having people that are saying that they find reputable that are also providing support for what you have to offer. And so when you have those testimonials or other people that are saying how great of a product it is, it's easier for people to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to spend my money. And I don't know who this person is, but I'm going to spend my money and read what they have to say because they've got some great other people behind them. So when you look at what's next for you, so you do coaching. I know you've done a lot of training in corporate settings. You were recently at Oakley, just as an example. I know you've done some work with some other big clients like Nike is another example. I guess, where is the journey going to take you? Mm, good question, Jen. So I do speaking, so keynote speaking, and that's great. And I enjoy doing that. But for me, when I can spend more time with a person or a group of people, and like to say at Oakley, it was a four-hour workshop, a four-hour workshop where we kind of broke down some things. And there were some things that I gave them tools to help them see things differently. When you can see things from a different lens, where if you're just constantly looking at a problem, a situation, your job, your career, your through one lens, I think it's detrimental. When you can look at it from a different lens, in this position, what if I knew this? If you can look at it from different angles, I think you can make better decisions. And so with that, the more time that I can be able to see them, to be able to coach them. That's what I'm in it for now. I just signed with a logging company and for a year, a year-long contract to help their salespeople have more influence because that's what sales is. You're influencing somebody to purchase something. There's certain things that you need to know. And it's not just about how slick you are with your tongue. That's one way. 
how do you create a feeling? How do you use intuition? How do you use your knowledge? How do you use your experience? Relationships, that's one of the biggest influencers is creating a relationship. So that's what I'm doing now. That's what drives me. And, you know, of course, I do one-on-one coaching. Now, I let people know I don't take a whole bunch of those. I'm very picky with who I coach. And I'm not for everybody. And I'm okay with that. So that's what I have going on. Well, you bring up a great point with that because as a coach, I mean, you need to be selective on who do you choose to work with as well as who might think you're a good fit for them. It's a two-way relationship. It's not just, you know, I'm here to serve anybody. As a business owner, whether you're a coach or not, like you have to know your audience. You have to know who you're serving. You need to know who's the best fit for what you want to do as well and the value you're bringing to people. And then to your point, being selective on you don't take a lot of clients. I mean, you have to be intentional with how you want to spend your time. As a business owner, you've got workshops, you've got coaching that you're doing, you've got your speaking all over and you've got your podcast too, which we'll talk about. And so it's important for coaches as well to realize like, I shouldn't be taking on anybody that just wants to pay me. It's about taking on the right clients as well. Absolutely. And not everybody's the right client. Not everybody's ready. For sure. So let's talk about your podcast for a moment. It's called The Shark Effect Podcast. Again, coming back to the branding and the name of something. Why did you choose that name for your podcast? You know what? It was when I was thinking back, I remember hearing this story about this fisherman who was in Japan. And what he was doing was he was overfishing the bay. And so he had to go out farther. And so when he went out farther to catch the fish, like days, he would bring him back. And the fish, when he tried to sell it to the people, it didn't taste the same. It didn't taste fresh. And so in this story, this fisherman got smart. And so he put a freezer on his boats and it went out even farther, caught the fish and then put the fish in the freezer, brought it back. And the people still didn't buy the fish. You know, they might have bought it once, but then they didn't go back because man, it doesn't taste the same because it was frozen, something about that. So he finally, after doing that, he gets frustrated and he's like, man, you know what? Okay, I'm going to take out the freezer and I'm going to put a fish tank in there. I can catch the fish and put it in there. So he went out farther, caught the fish, put it in the fish tank and the fish would swim around. And after a while, they stopped swimming. and They just stayed stagnant, brought it back for sure that people are going to buy the fish. No, the fish still did not taste the same. So he finally got smart, went to the old man at the end of the dock and asked him, what do we need to do to get the people to buy the fish, to get the fish tasting the same? He said, you have to put a small shark in your fish tank. A small shark will help those fish move. So we all need something in our lives to help us move, to get us motivated, to get us inspired. And so that's how I came up with the shark effect. Oh, I like it. It's a great story. Great meaning behind the title as well. So there are people listening who might have been thinking about writing a book, might have also been thinking about launching a podcast at some point. So what advice would you give to people who are soon to be authors or soon to be podcast hosts about being successful in either of those areas? So what I'm about to say is going to be different than probably any, you know, if you asked that question before, it's going to be different. I have not, by the way, but okay, continue. Okay, cool. And I like different. All right, yeah, yeah. So number one, before starting anything like this with a book, 
with a podcast, you're going to be put out there. You're putting yourself in harm's way. You have to be willing to be vulnerable because you're putting your thoughts, your ideas, you're putting them out there to the world. It can be dangerous if you don't know who you are. So understanding, doing deep reflection, deep intentional looking into you, who you are, and it's different than what you do. And there's a lot of people, not just athletes, who get tricked into thinking that their status, which their platform, what they do, even though sometimes their relationships gets that entangled into becoming who they are. It's not. You need to understand who you are. And when I say like knowing who you are, you have to ask yourself different questions. Like, what do you want to get out of your book or your podcast? What do you want to get out of your life? Do you want to inspire? Who do you want to inspire? And the things that you have, the struggles that people go through is very inspiring to others. When you look at struggle, when you look at your failures in life, When you look at it, it's not just failures, they're opportunities. When I used to play football, we used to watch film like every day. As soon as you step on the football field in college and in the pros, you're being filmed. So these coaches use this film to be able to find out your character on the football field. Your character is who you are. So they can make better decisions. Can they trust you? Can they trust you in different situations? It's great when everything is all hunky-dory, the sun is out, and you know everybody's doing great, you're winning. But what happens when the pitfalls come, when the roadblocks, when things don't go your way? Who are you? So understanding who you are in different situations and being honest. And it's let me tell you, it's hard to do that by yourself. That's why I got a coach. I still have a coach. Somebody who doesn't have emotion, there's no emotional ties to it. They just simply look at what you're doing, what you're saying, who you're with, and basically holding up a mirror and say, are you okay with this? So understanding who you are. And then from there, who do you want to serve? Who do you want to benefit? What magic do you have that the world needs more of? So when you get all those type of things, I think... You know, you can have different interviews like what we're doing and you don't have to think and do homework and stuff. No, I know who I am. I know my secret sauce. And I know that there's people out there in the world that need it. That's what drives me every day. I look every day to be inspired. And every day I know I'm going to inspire somebody. But I'm also looking to be inspired. I love it. And I love it. It's a different answer, but it's a great one. And you talk about vulnerability. I mean, I think that's important. You have to know who you are and be honest with yourself. But the way you're going to really attract and grow your brand and your audience is by showcasing that vulnerability and being real and authentic and not being afraid of putting yourself out there. And people will respect that. People will appreciate that. People will connect with you because they see that you're willing to put yourself out there. But yeah, you have to be comfortable and okay with well, we have to know who you are and then be comfortable and okay with sharing that with the world in a book or a podcast or whatever medium you're looking to put stuff out into. Yeah. I used to think that I had to be perfect when I stepped on stage to give these different talks. When I started my podcast, that I had to be perfect. And I understand who I am. I'm not perfect. I have a stuttering problem. It was an issue growing up. And sometimes in different situations, it flares up. 
I mean, there's certain things that I do instead of just being quiet and gathering my thoughts. Yeah, I, sometimes I throw an um or an and or, you know, and I'm okay with that. I own it. It's not perfect and neither am I. And there's more people out there that love that refreshing, like telling your truth and owning your truth. There's more people that gravitate towards that instead of like everything's all perfect. I like that you talk about that because it's all about connecting with your audience. People will connect with people that they see as real and authentic and none of us are perfect. And so try to put on this facade that everything is okay all the time and we're just the most amazing person ever. That's not really going to attract an audience that's going to be with you for the long term. So it's really about showcasing your evolution. People want to grow with you. People want to be a part of the journey. And like we talked about earlier on in the show, I mean, people will support you if they have fallen in love with you as a person and who who you are and what you stand for, it doesn't matter that you're not perfect and they will want to grow and be with you wherever you're going. That's correct. So Alex, what I want to do now to close the show is I want to run you through. You've done this before. We're doing a two minute drill, just like on the other episodes, but the questions are somewhat different. So are you ready? I am. All right. The first question is when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, oh, at 10. At 10. Ooh, man, let me see. 10, I was in fifth grade. I wasn't even thinking about football. I think I just wanted to be the coolest kid on the playground. There you go. <laughs> what three words would you use to describe yourself? Oh, ambitious. I want to say influential and kind. Three great words. Next question is, what is one thing most people don't know about you? Mm, one thing most people don't know that my nickname that I still go by, and I've had it since I was a sophomore in high school, is Milk. How did you get that thing? My old coach in JV basketball, name is Coach Baker. I just talked to him the other day. And he said, you know, Alex, you're like Carl the Mailman Malone. But I'm going to call you the Milkman because you deliver. Ah, I like it. And once he said that, man, all the guys, they start calling me Milk. And then funny thing is it, it followed me up to University of Oregon because my twin brother, which probably a lot of people don't know, I have a twin brother, he would come up during the summer times. And the first summer he came up and, you know, he doesn't call me Alex. He called me Milk. And then my roommate was like, what? Who is that? Oh, that's his nickname. You know, because I don't go around and tell you, he called me Milk, right? So that followed me there. My roommate ended up following me to the New Orleans Saints. And then it just kind of, once it got there, it just, because, you know, teammates, they go to different teams and you end up reconnecting with them. And so, yeah. Okay. I'm going to test this because I know a lot of guys that you played with at the Saints. So I'm going to let them know that I recorded with Milk. Okay. We'll see, there if, you they, go. We'll see if it rings a bell. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next question is, if you had one intro song in all of your public appearances, what would that one song be? Oh, man. That's a good question. I think it would have to be something Ice Cube. I'm not quite sure which song. Something by Ice Cube, but he was a big influence on my life during, you know, my younger years. His passion, he was aggressive. I'm not aggressive anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some, I think somebody by Ice Cube. If it wasn't by him, it would be by Nas from his Illmatic. Yeah, oh man. I might have to yeah, take up too much time, but I'm gonna have to text you and, <laughs> and let you know. Okay, you let me know. All right. Next question is, what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? So I'm reading this book. It's called Athletes Making Moves. 
and it's by Sabonia L. DeBarros. And it's uh, Athletes Making Moves, Secure the Future by Protecting Your Name, Image, and Likeness. So I know her, by the way. So shout oh, out right? to Sabonia. Yes, yes, she is. Yes. Yeah. Yes, she is definitely a dear friend. Yeah, just got that book. I've had a conversation with her. I want to have her on my podcast, but I'll say the podcast that I'm listening to now, there's a couple. I'll give you just two. So I listen to Social Proof. It's by David Shands and Donnie Wiggins. It's the number one podcast for entrepreneurs. And then I also listen to Online Marketing Made Easy by Amy Porterfield. Two shows I'll definitely have to check out. I've not listened to them yet. So I will check those out. All right. My next question is, you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? So I think I would invite Ice Cube. Like I said, because he was such a big influence on me at that juncture of my life when I was starting this thing called football. I think another person would be Tom Brady and let's go Serena Williams. Good choice. And Serena obviously just had a great performance on the tennis court too, which is amazing at 40. So congrats to her. And she's just done amazing things with her brand. Definitely a person to have at the dinner party for sure. All right. My next question is, do you sing in the shower? I do not. Oh, man, I was going to ask. I go on there, I get clean, I get out. Okay. That's what I do. I All right. Because I would have, you had said yes, I would have asked if your lovely wife or any of your eight children would have said you sang good, but you don't sing in the shower. So No, I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm a terrible singer. Oh, my. No. No. It's not okay. a gift. Okay. You know that about yourself. Yes. So, Alex, as we look to end the show, let people know, where can they check out your book? Where can they learn more about you, your coaching, your speaking, and all of that? Thank you very much, Jennifer. Yeah, you just go to my website. It has all that information there, alexmolden.com. Try to keep it simple. You can follow me on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Everything is at Alex Molden, M-O-L-D-E-N. Perfect. And we will have those links in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey, can connect with you, go to your website, see all the great things you're doing. And thank you so much again for being on the show today. Jennifer, this was a lot of fun. Please continue to keep crushing it. You have some great guests on and you are a phenomenal interviewer. So thank you very much for, for having me on again. Oh, well, thank you so much. That means a lot to me. And thanks to everyone for listening. Once again, go check out all the show notes so you can connect with Alex. You can look at the new swag in the Move the Ball merchandise store. And also I do have a page for my Dominate the Game book there. You can join that mailing list and be with me on my journey to launching the book that will come out this fall. And as soon as I have a release date, I will also share that with everyone. All right. Thanks so much again for listening today. We will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball in your business, with your brand, or your career, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode, and also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.